another episode of Overthoughts, a proud member of the Overthink Podcast Network. Uh, today we're talking about Westworld, Season 2, Episode 8, Kiksuya. And uh, we're just going to let you know up front, lots of spoilers. So uh, I'm Jason Helms, uh, with you as, uh, I think, always so far. I don't think I've missed one, maybe one. Uh, and with me, as often, is uh, is Dom. Yeah, I've missed one or two, but happy to be here. Okay, well, it isn't a competition, but I kind of made it into one. So Dang let's it. let's get that perfect attendance award for season three. <laughs> Your gold star is in the mail. Yeah. All right. Uh, as usual, we'll start off with summary. Uh, then we'll get to uh, just analyzing some of it a little bit closer. Uh, some lightning round stuff about uh, what we want to see next uh, and what we predict will happen next, whether we want to see it or not. And then uh, we'll take off. So. I'm excited. Uh, I think it's safe to say this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, so I'm excited to hear what you thought of it. Yeah. All right, the summary. A badly injured William is found by a driven Akechita and taken back to Ghost Nation, where he gets patched up so that he can be tortured. Emily shows up later and promises Akechita that she can make him suffer more and takes her dad and rides off. Lee takes Maven to the Delos HQ, hoping to get her patched up. It's a running theme, patching and all. There she's experimented on by the lab tech Mengele, uh, where he sh- when he shows <laughs> yeah when he shows Charlotte that Maeve was has connected to the mesh network and is currently talking to another host. In the meanwhile, Akachita tells Maeve's sto- daughter a story in English and Maeve a story in Lakota via the mesh. Akachita tells of his own gradual awakening, beginning the day that Dolores killed Arnold. Dolores is ru- <laughs> Delos is. Delos's writers get all tropey and racist and turn Akachita into a bloodthirsty killer. But Akachita remembers the maze and gradually discovers himself again, finding Logan, the big dig, and eventually his way back to his love, Kohana, who has been given a new man. Akachita kidnaps Kohana, who miraculously remembers him when he repeats the refrain, Take my heart with you when you go. They head for the dig and a way out, but Kohana is abducted. Akachita is not the only one to notice people are being replaced. One of the original members of his tribe notices her son is gone, and Akachita leaves to find him in Kohana. Akachita gets himself killed and enters Delos HQ, where he uses the excuse of a much-needed patch, see, see, patch mm. themes, uh. Uh, to run off and find cold storage, where a poignant rendition of Nirvana's heart-shaped box plays over his discovery of Kohana. He brings the woman back, her son's braid, to prove that he still exists, and becomes an evangelist for Android Agency. In his evangelical duties, he meets Maeve and her daughter, the daughter having saved his life years earlier. He finishes his story by telling Maeve that he will protect her daughter, and she must complete her mission, before Dolores destroys them all. Maeve looks into the camera and says, take my heart when you go. And Jason starts sobbing as the credits roll. (laughs) Because, oh man. What an episode, dude. What an episode. All right, that Nirvana cover. That's all I want to talk about, like, the whole time. Okay. Because I'm sitting there, like, trying to place it, and then I figure out it's Nirvana, and then I figure out it's heart-shaped box, yeah. and take my heart with you when you go, and that's <gasps> all she is now, is a heart-shaped box, because she doesn't have a heart anymore. And they're all feels, all the feels. All the feels. Everywhere, feels. everywhere. I wish Ben were on this episode, because this is, like, an all-Android episode. We do not care about <laughs> yeah. humans at no all. No human. Nothing. The humans are dead, and I don't care. It's beautiful. I just want to watch these androids fall in love and live out their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so I watched the little BTS on this episode, and Lisa Joy, one of the co-creators, was discussing this season, season two, uh, and she said just as much as this season is about it's about why we fight. 
It is about how we fight for the ones we love. Mm-hmm. And she she called season two a season full of love stories. Mm-hmm. And this, like for me, is the like the most loving episode so far. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. There, we've gotten a lot of um, reasons for awakening and and uh, kind of character motivations. And Maeve's has always been a little bit torn between protecting her daughter and also getting revenge, wreaking revenge. Dolores full on revenge. And Akachita just seems completely good. Uh, he just wants the best for everyone else. And that's the reason that he's going out awakening people. He is protecting. He is uh, supporting and cultivating uh, androids. Um, yeah, it's it's beautiful and amazing to see love like that. Yeah. You know, even I think Westworld calling out the the tropes that have you know, the tropes concerning Native American depiction in, you know, 20th century Western uh, film and television. And you, like, you heard the the techs and the designers, like, off camera talking about, like, oh, just make them violent or, like, whatever, yep. you know, thing they want to do. And Akechita throughout the episode is bucking those tropes and bucking those things like oh like well you're just going to be this and even uh at the end like for him and ford's conversation in that kind of display yeah oddly enough it shows again something very particular and something unique to akichita and to just him as a person and trying or (laughs) him as a a being of agency Mm-hmm. And, and trying to figure things out on his own and for his own. Yeah, they even use the, the word dehumanizing when the texts mm. are talking over him, which is yeah. great. As, as you caught yourself saying person and being like, wait, I guess he, is he a person? Is he not a person? Right. Uh, which is the fun way that, that this show asks you to, to think about that. I have not read much on uh, Native American depictions in this particular episode of Westworld. Mm. And so I, I'm interested to see those. I try not to read things before we do these. Uh, maybe that's one I actually should have taken some time to do. One of my fears was that they would have given into this kind of uh, Native American mysticism or the noble savage kind of myth, uh, yeah. where Akachita is just pure good because he's Native American or because he has those particular stories going through his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, for the most part, I thought they actually avoided that. And uh, he was just like Maeve, just a, like Dolores. They each had their own path to awakening and agency. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I would. Agree. It felt like a a person on a quest. Yeah, and, yep. and it felt very much the noble savage idea was something that was like kind of a fear for me. Yeah, but by and large, it it felt like they just boil it down like this. He sees something that unsettles him. Like he he sees that that maze uh, when he finds Arnold and all the massacre. And that displaces him. And then yeah. he meets Logan and that displaces him even more. And he finds the dig and it's just one thing after another. And it's a very immersive and compelling journey that he goes on. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. You know, they, they had that one scene of him uh, murdering the same bald guy like three different times. And I think he actually only does it once and then mm-hmm. reconsiders the other two or three times. Yeah. Uh, but in, in, I think it's the second or third time. This is before he actually gets killed and goes back into Dallas. 
we actually see two uh, guests in the background. Oh, really? Who are just t- totally fooling around. Like, do not care about what's happening in front of them. I think they're trying to flip a gun around, and one of them drops it and picks it back up. Like, they just look like total jackasses. Yeah. And that was something for me that the show does well, I think, I, I hope. At least mm. it's working for me. In terms of thinking about Android agency and the ways that it connects uh, metaphorically with other issues of agency around marginalized groups. And so mm. one of the things you see with the guests over and over and over is these kind of moments of privilege, of not paying anything, any attention to anything around them because they're the only ones that matter. Uh, and that was such a goofy, funny one. As he's having this beautiful awakening and realizing who he really is, there's some jackass in the background trying to flip a gun around. Yeah. What, what could be more you know, privileged than that? Mm. I, I, I didn't even notice the, the couple in the background. But it almost like the word for me that comes to mind is aspiration, like mm-hmm. in terms of portraying Android agency. Uh, it's almost for it, it, I guess it's comparable to like when Aaron Sorkin was writing the West Wing. It wasn't for him like how the West Wing is, but it's how it could be. And in terms of Android agency, maybe it's not in terms of how it is or trying to predict the future in five years, but how we could interact, like what we could aspire to. Right. Uh, And what we can, uh, even as humans, even as humans aspire to, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that kind of uh, awakening and care for others. Yeah. Um, And even, even in Dolores's, you know, I've, I've mapped her out. She's, she's fairly evil at this point in the season. And yet I think her goal of, uh, kind of redefining morality and not accepting the morality that she was given is a worthy goal in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the route she's taking for it, but we'll see where she ends up going. Yeah, I, I think the it's a very relatable thing in the fact that the majority of the cast that we are relating to and the highs and lows of these characters are androids, I think makes it all the more disquieting, shocking, or makes us ask, you know, it almost like makes us do a double take of the questions themselves, not take it for granted. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the um, the theories about the show, some things that we got answered. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that we've been talking about a lot this season is, um, do Dolores and Maeve have different ways of awakening? Mm. Um, that we, we couldn't explain Maeve's awakening. It just seemed to kind of happen. And we've pointed to the reveries as though that was what did it, but we're not sure what that exactly is and how that's different from Dolores's. Yeah. And so here we actually got some, some proof that they have the same awakening, which is the maze. Mm-hmm. Um, Maeve was introduced to the maze, uh, back when she was a homesteader, uh, with her daughter and her daughter seems to also have awakened then, uh, that she also can remember her past lives, uh, that way. And so it, it is all connected back to Akachita who is one of the kind of prime forces across the whole show. And lets you think about, you know, they're probably condensing a lot that would have happened in season one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much his story has changed, but I understand that there was a much larger part for a Native American actor in season one that was lost because the actor died. And so uh, I'm not sure how much of that we're seeing and how much it's changed, but uh, it makes sense that he fits in very nicely. This is not a, um, you know, just, ooh, a twist. Yeah, uh, you know, someone else. It's he. Had, this actually feels very organic, and I think the reason for that is that it parts of it, at least, were originally written in. Yeah, I, even the depictions of the maze on the scalps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a lot more sense now, and get like there's a story behind that even, and you know, in 
Akachita's you know, trying to figure this out or what does this mean or why does it unsettle him so? And the maze is an awakening moment, but I think he and Maeve share similarities in terms of knowing that they have to die, like like the notion of death and rebirth, both in their stories. And so um, like Maeve is the, the first person to do that back in season one, yep. where she knowingly and willingly dies and then is brought back. Yep. And the scalp uh, section where um, the uh, the other member of Ghost Nation asks mm-hmm. Akechi to, to put the maze somewhere where they can't take it, mm-hmm. uh, where they can't find it, feels to me like a callback to Memento, where you know he, he constantly is losing his memory, so he needs these permanent markers on himself to be reminded. And as you're getting this awakening, you have to be terrified. Okay, the next time I, I die, and I almost certainly will, I'm going to forget all this. You know, yeah. how, how can I get something permanent? And if I actually mark it as a tattoo in my body, they'll find it and erase it. And in that way, the, the scalp uh, maze, which in the first season really just felt like gross, cool, look at that, you know, spectacle. It's given a lot of purpose here. Uh, yeah. we can see it, it makes sense. And, and given a lot more intimacy in a way yeah. of something that means a lot to you. and You want to keep it close and you want to have to bear a reminder. Yes. And you get into the idea of like, why do people get tattoos? Yeah. And like, one of the reasons is because it's, it is a very sentimental thing and I want something physically close to them because emotionally it's very close to them. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, theories that we saw confirmed or that, that sparked new theories? Um, I mean, there were some, some other theories in terms of like familial relations to like with Maeve and Akajita and are they actually like, related in some way and it doesn't seem like that's the case but it does i guess the the mechanics of the mesh network got a little more exploration uh at the end of the episode you know when charlotte sees that mave is still communicating and she's communicating to akachita at that moment because when akachita was talking i wasn't quite sure if he was talking to the little girl anymore. Like it felt like, okay, like now he's talking directly to her or Maeve and Maeve is responding back. So they've found a way to tap into that mesh network. Yeah. That was actually something I am proud of myself. I was able to put together about halfway through the episode. Hmm. Um, I knew that he was talking to someone else whenever he was talking to Lakota because he said you uh, at a moment that did not apply to Maeve's daughter. Oh, okay. uh, he said something like a uh, sacrifice that only you would understand or something like that. And I was like, Hmm. How does Maeve's daughter? Oh, he's not talking to Maeve's daughter. And so the the instantaneous thing was, I think he might be talking to Maeve. I'm not sure exactly how. Are these two timelines exactly? But but all of a sudden, the switches between English and Lakota became a really uh, interesting kind of uh, switchover for me as I was watching it to hear, you know, which parts is he telling in which ways? Who's getting which information? Yeah, I'll have to go back because I I didn't put that together until the very end. Yeah. And so in that aspect, the... The cutaways to Maeve felt, it felt like, okay, we have to, in a bad Game of Thrones episode where you just have like five disparate stories and you just cut randomly between them. So it didn't feel like they were connected. But now seeing, okay, yeah, like he is actually talking to Maeve through Maeve's daughter. Yep. That feels a lot more organic and a lot more connected. Uh, we still don't know what uh, the Valley Beyond is exactly, but we got a better picture of it. And uh, he talks about, um, I think he said a place that we won't, will never be forgotten. 
and or where our memories can't be taken from us, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should note that Kiksuya, by the way, means uh, remember in Lakota. Okay. And um, I think we're headed towards the thing we talked about last week or the week before, which is mm-hmm. that this is like the cradle, but it's where all the people live after death. Mm-hmm. And so we've actually – we already have some kind of post-human world yeah. of people living inside virtual reality. Uh, and that's what the, what, uh, the Valley Beyond is. Man, oh, man. So is – so we've seen a depiction of the cradle. Right. And we've been in the cradle. Right. So then would the valley beyond be just a bunch of Fords? Yes, but it wouldn't just be Ford. Now right. it would be everyone would have their own Westworld that they yes. could live in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if they can communicate with each other, if they would all live in one Westworld um, or, or what that is or how many of them live in Samurai World. But um, yeah, I, I would think that that's what it is. Um, okay. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. And we may we my guess is that we'll get that by discovering um Delos there. Um mm-hmm. that, that will be kind of one of our, our switches. Uh the other thing is some stuff on the next time on uh leads me to think that William is a robot and we will discover that. Um, yeah. That's that's where I feel we're headed. Like Yeah. In a way, I'd be pleasantly surprised if we found out he wasn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting to me. And be even more interesting if he thinks he is for a moment, mm-hmm. has that reversal, and then finds out he's not. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because I think you, know, you bring up Memento. Like at the end, uh, Guy Pierce, the I forget the main character's name. Crap, but yeah, it's crap. Yeah, That's it's right. crap. Uh, so at the end, uh, he chooses to forget certain information, and so he like because. His friend tells him, like, we tracked down your killer. We got we got him. We killed him. You like we had a couple of drinks. We took a picture and like all this. You like this. This happened. We're done. And he chooses to forget and he chooses to put himself back in the loop. And it feels like. It feels like there's going to be some sort of confrontation with Ed Harris and his memory that. Like there has been either he's going to be reminded of something he chose to forget or wanted to forget a, a truth he wants buried literally yeah. uh, is going to confront him. Yeah. And his, his wife committed suicide because she realized he wasn't human. Now, whether that's literal or not at this point, I'm not sure it matters. And I think it's more interesting if she committed suicide, realizing that he'd become a robot more metaphorically. Yeah, or even just asking, like, is Ed Harris's memory reliable? Yeah. Uh, because, again, yeah. in, in Memento, one of the key things is that, like, he's telling a story about someone who, because he had amnesia, uh, overdosed his wife on, like, penicillin medication. Yep. And it turns out that was him, not someone else. But he, again, he just put someone else in place of his memory. And it makes me wonder if there is something more to his wife's death. Yeah. We seem to be leaning pretty hard towards this idea that he's a robot. So I, yeah. I'm with you. I'm kind of yeah. hoping not because they, they usually don't telegraph it quite that hard. But yeah, we will see. I had a, a question that I was thinking just kind of as we were talking is yeah. whether or not Dolores has access to the mesh network. Like if she's as... 
uh, like as force sensitive as Maeve is. It doesn't seem that way. Right. No. And why not? Yeah. It could be that uh, I don't think Dolores actually has changed her personality using one of the iPads, but, uh, you know, Maeve did. She had uh, Felix and um, the other cartoon cat, Sylvester, uh, change her, you know, jack up all of her attributes. Uh, yeah. So she's a total badass. And it could be a, a connection with that uh, that allowed her to see beyond it. Um, yeah, I was just wondering in, in the sense of like, because you had an interaction with Maeve and Dolores early in season two and then nothing. And then back at the end of episode seven, there was a moment where Dolores was about to put Maeve out of her misery, but Maeve asked not to, asked her not to. Uh, It feels like, again, they are on, they're on some sort of confrontational destiny. Like they're going to have some sort of reckoning I get like, well, maybe not though. I don't know. No, no, I, I think you're completely right. And it'll cause us to reckon with all of the differences between them. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm cheering so hard for Maeve. Yeah. Uh, if they go toe to toe that I'd be interested to find out, can they turn me? Can I, can I find mm. a reason to root for Dolores instead? Yeah. Cause we don't know quite enough about her quest other than it seems like she wants to destroy the Valley beyond. Yeah. But then so, so does yeah. William. Oh, William wants to destroy the Valley beyond. Yeah, like he he's the one he's also saying like we gotta tear this this thing down. Mm. And and Akichita is the first one to say like we like we have to get there before Dolores does. But why? Yeah, it's it's curious to find out why he thinks of it as a door. Yeah. So Valley Beyond is now coming into my mind to mean the Valley Beyond um life, right? Uh, heaven, that kind of thought. Yeah. And so this is the this is symbolizing the afterlife um, and a way out of this uh, repetitious life for Akachita mm-hmm. in a life without meaning, uh, mm-hmm. which largely is what he's he's been faced with. Right. Yeah. He's had to be uh, discover and create his own meaning. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm with Akachita in, in the sense that that would be a good thing uh, yeah. to go there. Uh, and yet I can also sense Dolores's desire for revenge that she was just used to set this up for others, a place that she could never go to. That's the old uh, Moses story. She's driving her people through the wilderness, but when she gets there, she cannot enter. Yeah. Uh, Now what's a twist on that is if Moses then destroys the promised land that that doesn't quite line up with the original story. No, but that, that would at least like, it would at least give conflict to. Yes. Cause that right now kind of is a little muddled in what the party's motivations are. Yeah, I, uh, that's. I think Dolores wants revenge. Maeve wants to protect her daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akachita wants to free people. But I, that's that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next time on got me so psyched. There was yeah. just so much happening, and I just can't wait to to find out all that is going to happen next week. It's uh, one of those. Yeah I, yeah, I feel like the season is really charging ahead. We got two more yeah. episodes. I. I'm a I'm a much bigger fan of season two than season one. Yeah. Uh, trying to think about why. And I really think season two has excelled in going deeper with the characters as opposed like if they've gone bigger, they've gone bigger in very strategic ways that have still related back to the characters. So even in terms of going to Shogun world, we go to Shogun World to go on a journey that reflects back on Maeve yep. and 
her journey of trying to find her daughter, of what it means to love something and to pursue that love through obstacles, through, uh, through people that are trying to stop you in that. Yeah. And I think the, the big reveal of season one was people being terrible. You know, when Dolores finally wakes up, she, she kills Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when we finally find out that William is the man in black, uh, wherever you put that together, as soon as you put it together, you know that William, a character we kind of like, is going to turn into an asshole. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's kind of just a a sad plotting towards that end. Once you figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like season one was much more of a tragedy and season two in a way like has become far more of a romance Mm. romance thriller. I mean, there's always been an element of horror. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's felt far more romantic in yeah. season two. Yeah. That's a good call. And in uh, Shakespeare's romances, uh, the first, uh, the first two or three acts are tragedy. Uh, mm. and the last two acts are comedy. And so, you know, it feels definitely like a lighter season in a lot of ways, even though there's a lot of death. We're going, well, uh, every, every romance ends in a wedding. So we uh, if, if we're following Shakespeare's uh, formulas and we seem to in this show, yeah. um, we're evidently headed for a wedding, so that'll be exciting. Uh, that will be wonderful. And then Dolores season three, and, Dolores and Maeve. That is yeah. one way to handle this conflict. Let's go like, for it. Season, I, I don't see it coming. But yeah, yeah. Season yeah, three, sure. full on comedy. We're all living together. Yes. Yes. It's hilarious. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, that'll be great. All right. So, um, what storylines or characters are you most excited about? Uh, what are you most dreading? Yeah, uh, I'm excited most about William. Excited. Most about Maeve. Well, yeah, William and Maeve. Least excited about Teddy. Mm-hmm. Teddy slash Dolores. T- uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little worried about Maeve's daughter. Okay. Just because we have a character who an entire other character is driven by wanting to protect. In fact, now mm. two characters are driven by that. Seems plot-wise like it'd be good to kill her off. And I don't want that to happen. That's awful. So I'm I'm dreading that in the sense that I actually like Maeve's daughter. Yeah, I'm not as excited about William, uh, but based on the next time on, it sounds like we're going to get a lot of William. Yeah, and I I'm excited to find out. So it's it's that that split in me that I this whole season have been out on William, and yet have enjoyed finding out more about his story. So it's not that I don't enjoy the William scenes; I just hate William. Um, yeah, and so I. I'll be interested. Maybe they can turn the corner on me and William and get me get me back in his corner. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think, again, like, if there is a way to keep William human, yeah. then like I'm pumped. If we find out that he's been a host far longer than we thought, then, like, okay. It, but that feels kind of like season one where it's like, see, people are yeah. terrible after all. Yeah. Like, he was a host all this time. Yeah. Uh, like he, there has to be some, I guess, in terms of me wanting him to be human, I, I do want there to be some sort of reckoning or facing of consequence just for him. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to place why I want that. Yeah. Flip side, wouldn't that actually be the greatest kind of facing of consequences is for him to realize he's a host? Because mm. his entire, you know, plot arc for the last two seasons has been just not caring about hosts. They're yeah. not people. They don't count. Let's just kill them all. 
isn't that the the plot point for the Nazi? If we're following that Nazi, and we want some kind of character development, would be for him to find out that he's he's Jewish or something like that. Yeah. And yet, maybe it's better off if he realizes that they're people of worth, even if though he isn't one. Um, I think that that would be a stronger message. Yeah, because there's a conversation between Emily and Akichita where he says, like, you know, he doesn't deserve the almost like dignity of death. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, my way will be far worse. Yes. And it, it makes you wonder what that way will be. So yeah, like that's, that's a really interesting notion of like how, what's the, what's the worst way that William can reconcile or like reckon with what he's done and what he's become either emotionally or like you say, if he's been a host all this time, he's going to have to confront that fact. Yeah. All right, so let's 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 put our money on the table. William, host or not? Host. All right, I say host also. Um, and right now, I find that a little bit disappointing. All right, um, Maeve's daughter survives the season. No, no, I'm a no. Maeve survives the survives the season. Yes, yes. Dolores survives the season. No. Ah, I'm with you again. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Teddy. Yes. Okay. Interesting. I say no. Because we already said his, saw his dead body at the beginning, but okay, <laughs> but uh, that's cool too, though. Yeah, um, Bernardold. Bernardold. I say he does. Yeah, I think he has to. Yeah, uh, but it he can survive in many ways, right? Yeah. He could be put into the Valley Beyond. I mean, there's all okay. kinds of different weird stuff. Uh, Charlotte. What about Charlotte Hale? Yes, yes, and she'll, she's revealed to be. Arnold's daughter. Ooh. I've seen that theory going around a bit. I, th- I think that that's a good one. Okay. Um, and it, it puts into new light the whole tar- torturing Bernard scenes. Yeah. Um, in all kinds of interesting ways. Ooh. Um, all right. Other main characters. Um, uh, what happens to Ford? Oh, he, he disappears. He says, uh, thanks for the good times, uh, Bernard. Uh, I, you taught me more than I could ever teach you. I'll see you down the road. Uh, when the sun sets in the west, and he uh, rides off, and slowly fades out as he rides off. Ah, he's he does the so long and thanks for all the fish. Absolutely, goes goes his own way. Yes, and, and there's a little bit of a shame there also as he slumps over his horse. Hmm. We'll get we'll get it all in. Okay. Um, and Akachita, here's here's my biggest concern. Okay. He needs to be a major plot point in the last two episodes. We need mm-hmm. to have him be one of the major movers in here yeah, and not just somebody in the background who's trying to protect Maeve's daughter and fails. I will be very disappointed in this episode. If this is the only Akachita episode. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. that would be my, my one take is uh, he needs to be important for the last two episodes. And I, I would think because of that, that he would survive. Uh, and I, yeah. would, I would want to see that and see him change. And in fact, uh, some kind of character arc for him where he changes from where he's at now, which is this benevolent good, everything's great, to being a little bit more complex as he is forced to kill Dolores to go back to his killing ways or something like that. Yeah. Well, it makes me, I guess, my was my past concern with Shogun World, where we mm-hmm. were there for an episode and a half. I'm like, all right, we did it. And we're back to Westworld. Representation and, and yeah, check. We did. Yeah. Like, and it. What's frustrating is that no, the characters are fantastic and you want more time with them. And so on one hand, they're doing great service to what fe- it feels like you're doing great service to marginalized groups. 
And at the same time, it still feels a little token yes. in that, like, we're here for an episode and then we're back. And yep. yeah, that's the fear here. Like, we did a, like, one of the best episodes of Westworld so far. And to just be like, all right, back to Westworld. Yep. Would feel again, uh, just a huge, huge missed opportunity. And hopefully uh, clearing out some of these characters at the end of the season, because we know we're going to lose a couple, Yeah, uh, is a time uh, to be able to make more space for underrepresented people uh, who have gotten some time on the show. But uh, I'd love to see season three uh, with a much more diverse cast um, Agreed. of major characters, not just uh, minor characters. Yeah. Also, there's no way Maeve dies uh, because she is too important and too good for the show. Uh, and HBO likes making money. Yeah. Oh, uh, size. What about Sizemore? I think Sizemore's got to go. Oh yeah, sacrifices himself to save Maeve. Yeah, he's he is he is doomed. I'm yeah. I'm putting hard yeah. money on that. Yeah, guy I'm with you there. Yeah, absolutely. I love his character arc from this season too. Yeah, I love the way he's changing. But th- this guy's toast. <laughs> Hector is Hector dead? Oh, uh, no. I, I thought I about him in a long time. Yeah, I think I think Hector's okay. I'm putting money on Hector being dead. Oh, what? I'm not putting I'm not putting size more money on it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'm putting maybe uh, Ed Harris is a robot money on it um, and reluctant. You know, yeah. Uh, and most importantly, where does LeBron go in next season? Uh. <sighs> Man, I think Lakers. <laughs> I say Lakers. Lakers. I say Philly. So okay. There you go. Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah. I don't. I have heard that. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I think the the best place he could go mm. would be Houston. Mm. Um, that would be, I, I think the others are, um, reshuffling what he's done before. Okay. I don't know that it's necessarily that big of a step up in a lot of ways. Like, will it be enough to get over the hump? Yeah. And I think that the wise move, if I'm LeBron is I go to Houston. Okay. Uh, I think that's the pick because then I, ooh, I, it's not, could they challenge the Warriors? It's could the cha- Warriors challenge them? I think Houston becomes the favorite with yeah. LeBron. Whereas if he goes to, uh, LA or goes to Philly, I think the Warriors are still the favorites. Yeah, it just introduces a lot more questions on yep. either team, LA or yep. Philly. Houston yep. just feels like, okay. like Yep, yep. Slot him in instead of CP3 or keep CP3 either way. Yeah. But, yeah. You right. could, if you can move the money around, that's yeah. the team. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to Golden State. Uh, he's playing <laughs> in San Francisco. It'll be great. <laughs> Lined it up. Done. Uh, and then the Warriors have all the players. Yeah. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. You're on out. All right, go Dubs, and uh, join us next week as we talk about, I almost said Twin Peaks. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Dom. That's okay. Uh, Westworld. Yeah. Uh, Season 2, Episode 9. Yeah. Uh, Vanishing Point. Are they going to sneak anything on us and drop two episodes at once? Uh, Do a a double? I don't think they will. I don't see that coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cool. Well, I'll see you in about a week. All right. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to Overthoughts, a part of the Overthink Podcast Network. Uh, If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the Podcast Network. And if you're really feeling generous, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. That would really help us out in a big way uh, and would help us create more content to share with you as well. So as always, you can check out our website at overthinkpod.com. And our handle is at overthinkpod pretty much everywhere else. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. And that would help us by spreading the word. Uh, We're always interested in hearing from listeners, so please drop us a line and let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, that kind of thing, 
Uh, maybe even if you want to suggest uh, some topics for us to cover on a podcast, that'd be great. You can email us at overthinkpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for stopping by.